0: Six games into his tenure at Oklahoma, it appears that Alex Grinch has worked wonders with the Sooner defense. After what we saw last season in Dallas, did anyone really picture the defense would realistically look like that a year later? Tackles weren't missed and assignments weren't blown. Kenneth Murray was flying around and not getting lost in coverage. Defensive backs were in position and setting the edge. The defensive line was constantly beating blocks and making life miserable for Sam Ellinger, the difference was night and day. The rub to all of this, of course, is that excellence comes with expectations. For instance, a defense capable of playing like that against a very good Texas offense should have no problem against a West Virginia offense that averages under 5 yards per play and a success rate that is sub-40%. Even when they do have rare success on offense, they're still one-dimensional. They're averaging 3.1 yards per rush and less than 100 yards total per game on the ground. They've also turned it over nine times through the air. They've thrown nine picks. And they're also going to be going up against a less than 100% Austin Kendall. If OU's defense wants to prove to everyone that they're back to playing at a championship level, you have to dominate this West Virginia offense on Saturday. Period. I'm Grant Benson. This is
1: West of Everest. And no intro today on West of Everest. We already made you wait an extra day because I had to help out covering the Thunder's final preseason game Wednesday night. was not able to get away to record the podcast. And so with that, not going to waste much time. By the way, I am Lee Benson. You heard Grant a moment ago with the opening take. Oklahoma, West Virginia at home in Norman this Saturday, 11 a.m. kick and You know what? As I bring Grant back in, Grant, it's kind of nice in a way that we waited an extra day to record the podcast this week, the midweek podcast, because we found out within the last couple of hours that Neil Brown, the West Virginia head coach, has announced that Austin Kendall, barring any changes in the next couple of days, will start against Oklahoma and his status was up in the air earlier this week. He was questionable. He was knocked out of the Iowa State game on West Virginia's first series. But Austin Kendall, apparently he's healing up pretty quickly, and he's expected to start. Neil Brown says he's going to start on Saturday. So your quick initial thoughts, if any, on Austin Kendall making his return to Norman, and he's going to be starting. Yeah, you broke that news for me just right before we started recording.
0: I had to re-record my opening take, so thank you for that. But it's good. Um, I don't know. Adds a little juice to the game, huh? Makes it a little more interesting. Kind of a little extra <laughs> storyline there. I'm not sure if it yeah, matters would, that much, to be totally honest with you. Austin Kendall Judah, has uh, has turned the ball over a lot this year.
1: Yeah, I think this game needed as much extra juice as possible because Oklahoma is favored by, well, last I saw, Oklahoma was a 33-and-a-half point favorite, which I believe, I'm not 100% certain on this, but I believe it's the biggest favorite favorite, Oklahoma has been since 2017 when Iowa State came into Norman and was a 30 plus point favorite in that game as well.
0: All right. Were, you, were we able to confirm what how big of a favorites uh, OU was in that game? Did you look it up?
1: No, I didn't look it up. I, don't, I thought I don't, it was more than 30.
0: I didn't think they were 30 point favorites. I mean, they could have been. I don't know. But I, I didn't think they were. Um, that kind of surprised me, though. They weren't huge favorites against Kansas last year at home.
1: Yeah, I'll, well, maybe if I have some time during the show, we'll double check that. That's a good point though. But yeah, I mean, I can see them not being that big of favorites against Kansas because of how bad Oklahoma's defense was.
0: Maybe, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like you're you're aggressively trying to just reverse jinx this game, aren't you?
1: I mean, kind of. Let's I mean, let's put it out there. I'm not particularly concerned about West Virginia, but I wasn't concerned about Iowa State either a couple of years ago. That was like right before They became current Iowa State with the defense being really good. I mean, the offense wasn't that great, but it looked really good against Oklahoma. I think the week prior, when they played Texas, they played Texas pretty close back in 2017, and that was kind of the first game, I think that Texas game, when John Haycock, the defensive coordinator at Iowa State, switched up the defensive philosophy. Like, in the middle of the season, I was kind of reading up on this the other day, and then that's kind of what started building and building, and so... Uh, the defense was fairly new when Oklahoma saw it, and that may have uh, definitely factored into to the reason why Oklahoma's. Uh, I mean, the offense still moved the ball pretty well in that game, but uh, still lost. But you know what? That that was a two years ago. Let's and let's the, talk about West and, Virginia. and we're playing
0: West Virginia.
1: <laughs> yeah, so sorry about that. I will say, okay, this is this is uh, this is on point with this week. Another similarity, though, I will say, is as long as we're on that matchup between OU and Iowa State from 2017, this does pertain to this week against West Virginia. You probably saw Oklahoma's going to wear its alternate uniforms, the Rough Rider uniforms, for the first time this year. I know everyone's coming out. I was seeing everyone on social media saying, oh, Oklahoma's playing West Virginia, so of course Oklahoma wears the Rough Riders. People forget against Iowa State that year, Grant, in 2017, Oklahoma wore its alternates. They went all crimson. In that game against Iowa State, and I I don't know if they were technically the Rough Riders, but they were some sort of alternate all crimson uniform and Oklahoma lost. You that's why you that? don't
0: that's why you don't go all crimson. It's a bad look. It's a really bad look. That's all I got to say about that. I don't know. I mean, okay. the, the the Rough Riders, I used to I I don't really like them that much, but at the same time, I also don't care anywhere as much about it as I used to. So, I mean, if they if they want to wear them once or twice a season, I who cares? Whatever. They're, they're ugly as all get out, but, I don't know, to each his own. I think some people like them.
1: So, yeah, what I was trying to get at, though, bringing up that Iowa State game, you know, you mentioned, or, you know, we brought up the, the spread. The spread this week's pretty big, like that Iowa State game. They're wearing alternate uniforms like the Iowa State game, and it looked like Oklahoma was going to be facing a backup quarterback like the Iowa State game so many similarities but we find out that Austin Kendall now is supposed to start again barring any sort of changes in the le- next couple of days. So at least that's different. Uh, Austin Kendall though certainly is a better option I think than uh, Jack Allison the the backup quarterback for West Virginia. Yeah, and I think it, right, makes it, it makes it it
0: makes it makes it a little more exciting too. I'm kind of I was kind of bummed when it looked like Kendall wasn't going to play cuz I thought that's kind of a fun little little storyline I think.
1: Yeah, I thought that too. All right, news and notes of the week. Let's start with Lincoln Riley's press conference. And, of course, Jalen Hurts always talks. And this week it was Neville Gallimore and C.D. Lamb as well, all talking on Monday. So I kind of went through and, and decided some of the, the key takeaways, some of the, the biggest pieces of news, if you will. And i got to say, not a whole lot. Um, I say the biggest one, Grant Calcaterra once again will miss – a game so is gonna miss another game Lincoln Riley saying that he's got an injury he won't play I believe some pay sites things like that have more information on that injury but uh, officially from Lincoln Riley he just said there's an injury there for Calcaterra so he's <clears throat> excuse me he's out again let's see he did mention he I mean it's not surprising but Riley acknowledged that it does feel strange to have to prepare for Austin Kendall But as you'd expect, Riley wished him well and hoped for the best for Austin Kendall. Let's see, as I look over my notes. And then I guess I could have brought this up a moment ago, talking about injuries. Uh, The big ones, obviously, Adrian Ely, Eric Swinson, both played against Texas, played well. And the update on them on Monday was that uh, they both were also, they're doing well still. Uh, still not one hundred percent, and Riley said that they're gonna do their best to get them as close as they can, and they anticipate working them a little bit more this week in practice. So that's a positive sign when it comes to those two guys. I, I mean, and I will say that on uh, on Monday during the offensive availability in the evening, both Swinson and Ely were there talking to the media. So I'd say that signs are pointing to both of those guys being available again. yeah, it's pretty this good week. sign It's a good
0: sign, yeah. So, Which I don't is, know. Yeah, that's good. Adrian Neely wasn't hurt, man. I'm just going to say it. Conspiracy. Tin foil hat is out. That's yeah. my that's my official stance now.
1: I'll tell you, man, when I was watching that game back again and looking a little more closely at those two players, it, they seemed fine. And, yeah, there's a lot of adrenaline in OU Texas, but it's like running down the field, engaging with blockers, they look fine. I, you would never guess that they were less than 100%. And I don't doubt that they were less than 100%. Like I do but, know uh, like Swenson
0: definitely was hurt because I saw him get hurt in that uh in the the Texas Tech
1: game. So um Man, he looked good though. He looked Yeah, fine. he he had a good game. I, and who know. knows what uh kind of medical things happen pregame or during the game when it comes to college football and things like that? I don't know. I'm sure that uh, if, if it comes to that, that might help too to get Sorry, uh, was, kind of the juices flowing a little bit more.
0: It was UCLA that Swinson got hurt. Sorry, it's all starting to run. I can't believe we're halfway through the season. Already. I honestly
1: didn't even know that he was. I didn't know he got. I can't remember him even getting hurt during a game. I thought his was one of those practice things too. But, no, it uh, was near the. It was near great. the
0: end of the first half uh, against UCLA. He didn't play the second half at all against UCLA.
1: For those of you out there who were. Potentially concerned about Trey Sermon's lack of carries. He had none against Texas. It's was basically exactly what Grant and I were saying after, you know, after the game during the last podcast. It clearly was a it was a game script type thing. That's just the way the game played out. Lincoln Riley talked about that. Uh he, you know, reiterated that it's a very competitive backfield. And Riley wanted to make sure he pointed out that, yeah, Sermon was in there all the like almost almost every single snap. I mean, he played a bunch of snaps. He just he never got a carry. And what do we talk about after the game, Grant? It's just it. It would seem that Riley just wanted some backs with a little bit more explosiveness in that game with such an attacking, aggressive. Uh, I'm not te- sure Texas defense.
0: I'm not sure. I agree with that. I think I. I do think he just didn't get a carry. I think that's. I, you may be right, I
1: suppose, but I just don't understand it.
0: It's not. It's not. It's not like they fed Brooks the ball like crazy. I, didn't he have like eight
1: carries? No, yeah, they didn't feed him the ball, but yeah, and he also too. You always have to ma- make sure you acknowledge that Jalen Hurts takes away carries. I was gonna well. say, yeah,
0: it's where this season. I mean, Jalen Hurts is gonna lead the team in carries this season. It's just that's Jalen Hurts's running ability is a massive part of this offense, and I, it's you know what that's gonna do. It's gonna take carries away from the running backs, and you know this season I, that's that's fine because because Jalen Hurts's running ability unlocks so much. So much stuff that we haven't seen out of this offense, and it's, it's necessary, to be frank.
1: Let's see. Defensive notes that I found interesting that Riley talked about. Uh, he was asked about Roy Manning and the cornerbacks, and, and it was kind of refreshing to hear Riley say something that I think all of us would agree. And it's maybe not just this one specific group. It's the entirety of the secondary. But uh, when talking about Roy Manning and, and the job that he's done, with uh, with that group, Riley mentioned that he thought the corners, you know, coming into this year, probably more than any other group on defense, needed an overhaul. And he mentioned that Manning has done a nice job getting the most out of those guys. And he mentioned that he thinks some of the, you know, those a lot of those players that are playing, it's the best they've played for a sustained amount of time while they've been at Oklahoma. And so uh, there's the film says that. I mean, there's no doubt that's true. And I just thought it was nice to hear Riley say that. Uh, it's basically admit and acknowledge that yeah that that group needed a big change something needed to change when it came to the cornerbacks and the philosophy is so much different now and they're playing incredibly well
0: yeah I um I was surprised I saw a pro football focus kind of came out with like a little uh with a thing on on social media It was on Parnell Motley I didn't realize he had such a good game against that he only that one catch to Colin Johnson on the comeback route that was the only catch he gave up the entire game
1: he just uh, didn't hear much about him because he was just taking away his side of the field. Apparently, how about that? That's I mean, that's and
0: great. He, that's it's it's huge. They have and you know, Jaden Davis obviously is. I mean, he's awesome. He's he's really good. Uh, so he's emerged, and and Trey Brown of of course is has put a lot of good a lot of good football on tape. I, the the corners right now. Let, let's hope they stay healthy because I have no idea what they have behind them. But you got to—I mean, the front line corners right now is—it's kind of a strength of the team right now. They're good. They're playing really well. Yeah, you have
1: three players there that you have a lot of confidence in, and enough confidence to where Alex Grinch put all three of them on the field multiple times against Texas. Did you in that see dime package?
0: Yeah. Did you see going into the Texas game this week? Jaden Davis is the highest graded corner in the country.
1: No, I didn't see that per it's, Pro Football Focus. Yeah, Pro Football Focus. Else.
0: Yeah, but obviously. Not not as many snaps as a lot of people, but he does. his grade is the highest of any corner uh, corner in the country. So I'd wonder no. what that would what that would look like, you know, after Texas.
1: Hmm. More on the defense. Turnovers, obviously was a huge thing. They're in the offseason. We always talk about that, uh, or I should say that they talked about that over and over and over again. And the turnovers really haven't haven't been uh, been happening. I mean, that's two games in a row where Oklahoma has not forced a turnover and Riley during his press conference made sure to point out that yeah that's that's the case and they're not happy about that but the fact that Oklahoma created a lot of havoc uh, there's a lot of times when uh, obviously there's a lot of sacks and the way he was he was saying that you just keep doing that and you're going to force the quarterback into bad decisions and eventually turnovers are going to come they just got to do a better job at at more havoc and I mean, that's crazy that Oklahoma did not force a turnover in that game, Grant, and played so well defensively. So it is I mean, it clearly is possible to play a really good defensive game and not take the ball away. Yeah, which and Oklahoma did. Havoc plays lead to
0: lead to turnovers. That's just that's a, it's it's a statistical thing throughout college football history. They just eventually they lead to turnovers. Um, so keep doing what you're doing. You're fine. And and Texas is is one of the best teams in the country at protecting the ball. They'd only turned it over like three or four times
1: going mm-hmm. into that game. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny as Riley. He continues to get asked over and over, just kind of overarching, big picture questions about the defense. And he made a a huge point on Monday, just to to say over and over again, guys, we're still so far away. He's like, listen, I don't want to be a downer. Yeah, there's a lot of positives against Texas, but it was just one game. uh He said, you know, we're on track, but. Riley said that we can't even see there yet like whatever you know getting to there getting to that spot he's like we can't even see it yet so and in one sense it's it's like wow like obviously you you love that the standard is so high right now for what Riley can can get out of his defense or wants to see from his defense and also too it's it's just kind of I I just think it's kind of funny that he continues to get asked these big picture questions and he tries to find new ways to answer them but it's always kind of the main thing of like listen it's yeah we're still new we have a lot to learn and we're going to get even better which is good and uh I, I kind of had one other theory too that kind of concerns me that I'll let you, I'll stop here a second but I'll bring it up after you you kind of maybe give your thoughts on this about you know what are your thoughts on Riley he just always kind of listen guys I don't want to be a downer but uh it's just one game but yeah there's some positives
0: yeah I think I think you kind of have to consistently have that mindset This is uh, championship teams are the ones who strive for greatness, and no matter where you are, they're always striving to get better. You know, and like like I'll beat the I'm gonna just bang the drum like I have all year. That's why they brought in Jalen Hurts. They brought him in because they part of it, yeah, because they knew that he was he was the perfect guy, the guy they needed to maybe get the culture of their program over the hump. And I think you know early returns are obviously really positive.
1: So here's my theory i've just thought of in the last couple of days my oh no this is like oklahoma's defense has been so bad recently that we're always kind of looking for the shoot a drop when's it going to start turning into what we're kind of used to seeing and so far we haven't really seen that here's what i was thinking this is the first year of alex grinch at oklahoma obviously and it's you know your opening take i mean i who would have all, you know, six games in, would we have thought it would be as good as it is now? And, and probably no. I mean, we're all happy with the way it's playing. And, yeah, throughout the weeks, we've kind of questioned, oh, really, is it is it that good? Or what do they need to improve? The schedule hasn't been that great. But they performed very well against a really good offense in Texas. But, you know, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Let's fast forward to next year when there's more film on Oklahoma's defense. And the Big 12 kind of knows what it looks like and what's coming. I, I'm just uh, – is it – how much better can it be whenever uh, – I mean, is it one of the – do you believe more in, oh, Oklahoma's players will – one, hopefully recruiting is better. The players will be more used to the defense because the more time in a defense, you'll get more comfortable playing it and you'll get better at it. that versus the conference gets tape on you and they know what you're going to do. And this defense apparently is very simple, as Alex Grinch always says. The, therefore – Will the defense be a little less effective when teams see it more and more over and over and over again? Uh, I was kind of thinking about that the other day. What are, your, uh, what are your immediate reactions to kind of that random theory about the defense? Is it uh, potentially not going to be as good whenever teams start to see it more and more? Maybe. You know, I think
0: any time that you roll something out like this, there's always going to be counters to it. You know, even I mean, that's what they get paid to do. That's what everyone practices. Exactly, to do, yeah. Obviously, somebody's yeah, so. yes, of course, somebody, some offense, some offensive coordinator is going to find a hole, and they're going to be able, and you know, once they do, they're going to scratch that itch until and you know until it stops. So I, and then it's going to be up to Alex Grinch to adjust to that. It's the constant chess match. So yeah, I mean, is somebody going to be able to figure out their defense? Yeah, probably. It's probably going to happen this year. But then you know I mean, how
1: Washington you... figured it out over and over and over again whenever Grinch is at Washington State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the Huskies put up a bunch of points all the time against Wazoo.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure they also dominated in the trenches and whatnot. But that's that's kind of the ace in the hole right now for OU is that they're getting outstanding play in the trenches on the defensive line. And they, you know, they got a they got a handful of NFL players there. And that, that that's why that's happening. And they can get an organic pass rush. That wouldn't happen at Washington State.
1: I wonder if they have a handful. You think they have a handful of NFL players down there right now? Gallimore, Perkins, and Gallimore, Redmond are Perkins, all NFL players. Redmond. Okay, there's three. That's a, not quite a handful.
0: It's that's kind of a handful, right? <laughs> a handful is five.
1: Oh wait, is it? Is this is that like an official metric? That's what I've always thought. Huh. You know, a handful, you know, there's five I don't know, five fingers and a hand. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if now. uh Mar uh, Marquez Overton's having a really
0: good season. You think he could uh, he could slip yeah, into like the seventh round? He's having a good year. He's been he's been <laughs> awesome.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, one more defensive note. Before and also, we kind of I move don't know. Mike, oh, go ahead. LeRon Stokes could play in the NFL. No, I mean, no. right now, no, but he could develop into I'm just one. I'm putting your feet to the fire, man. I'm just trying to hold you accountable. <laughs> You're saying. So, I mean, we talked about Robert Barnes a little bit on the last podcast and just kind of floating out the idea of like, oh, you know, he wasn't active. He wasn't suited up. Is this going to be one of those players who, you know, does the red shirt thing potentially. And so Riley was asked about that. And yeah, Barnes is a potential red shirt. Sounds like they've talked about it. And uh, Riley said that's probably a week to week kind of thing right then right now for the team. And it's something that they are considering right now to red shirt Robert Barnes. So we got an update on Mr. Barnes. And I will reiterate, once again, probably my biggest swing and a miss of the offseason was predicting Robert Barnes to be a really good nickel in this defense. He just hasn't been able to find a role. He got and, like one uh,
0: snap at nickel and he gave up like a 60-yard
1: touchdown. Yeah, he did. So yeah, and I mean, that that's was just a big, it's big okay. Heisman right to me. It's okay. I was actually going back the other day looks uh, looking at our older episodes from the spring and summer because I was trying to find that stuff and... Yeah, it's kind of cringy. Listen to it now, but you know what? Whenever you record a podcast once or twice a week, you know you're going to say a lot of stuff and you're going to get some things wrong. And I got that one pretty wrong.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, I mean,
1: this is a one thing that we we each got correct, and I and I'm sure a lot of people maybe when they thought more about it were probably saying this too. But we, we were immediately on the Neville Gallimore is going to be really good train, <laughs> and Neville Gallimore has been really good. Yeah, I I just.
0: Oh uh, he's he's also the I don't know if I brought this up on the last one. He's also the top graded uh interior defensive lineman in the country per per Pro Football Focus as well. This so, is insane. And I know and I know he was the top uh, interior defensive lineman in the Big 12 last year on PFF as well. So um yeah, I mean, Gallimore's been a freaking beast this year. He's been he's been pretty much uh exactly what like my wildest dreams were like my best case scenario dream in my head that that's about as good as he's been this year
1: oh yeah yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see his numbers compared to hercules mata numbers oh they're not
0: uh, i mean mata are going to be way more i mean gallimore is only playing every other series
1: yeah i suppose it'll be a little different but uh just the impact though is there because that was by the way if you haven't if you don't know who that is or you didn't listen to the the spring and summer podcasts. That was uh, the player that we were kind of comparing Gallimore to in Washington State's defense when Grinch is was at Washington State because he played the same position that Gallimore playing now. Uh, but Gallimore is much bigger than him and maybe just as quick <laughs> as a player and certainly a lot stronger. So just the, yeah, the full I mean, package it's, there. Gallimore may be playing himself into
0: the first round. Like, he's still got six more games or, you know, hopefully four more or ten more games to put on tape. Or would it be what would it be nine more? Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, six
1: regular season, Big Twelve title. Yeah, nine. Yeah, that's that's the hope. Hope so nine more games. Uh, Jalen Hurts he gave another opening statement at his press conference. Just uh, you know, kind of the same statement generally as the one last week. Just saying that it's an opportunity to to learn after the game. Still not where they want to be. So I'll be curious to see if that's a thing Jalen Hurts just does now for the rest of the year whenever he has his Monday press conferences. Does he come up and just? Make a statement at the start and see if it's always kind of like the same as he made the last week. So that'll be something to watch out for for people that are in the media that care about this stuff.
0: <laughs> but- Jalen Hurts is—he's uh, my kind of quarterback, man. I love—I love the non-answers and the and just the soft-spokenness and just the <laughs> eh. I'd, I'd rather be somewhere else mentality. I love that out of a quarterback.
1: Yeah. Love so it. Before we get into any other th- other things he said, which. There's a couple of things that he said that I kind of kind of liked and I'd like to bring up, but I did notice this. He had a little bandage on his right hand, and he said in the press conference that early on in that Texas game, he jammed his hand, his whole hand swelled up on him, so he wasn't able to grip or control the football like he wanted to. Okay, I mean, and Lincoln Riley wasn't asked about this at all, too, so it, it would seem, and he was he wasn't really asked at all about this Hertz was either. So it would seem that he's going to be fine. It's not a problem, but uh, I suppose if that happened pretty early in the game, that would kind of explain why some of it, it didn't seem like Hertz, you know, Normally his, his arms, not that great. The ball doesn't really jump out of his hand that, that much to begin with, but it did seem like it, it was, he was having a tough time getting anything behind some of his throws in that game. And I guess maybe that's why maybe he couldn't grip the football. I and mean, that's, that's a reason why he did that behind the back move that one time, and made that great play because he said that his hand was so swollen or was it swelled up that he didn't have you know full control of the ball so he thought he'd have better control putting it in his left left hand on that behind the back play and then kind of you know scrambling out and making that throw so i thought that was definitely notable grant what would you think i hope that's not uh
0: not a lingering issue cuz that could i mean yeah, I, yeah and, sure, I, and I, yeah. I feel like the play calling was weird too as the game went on and maybe that had something to do with it as well. Um, And you're right. Yeah. He just didn't after a certain point in time, he just didn't really look that sharp anymore.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, something to keep an eye on for Saturday. See how many times he tips throws, see what the ball looks like coming out of his hand against West Virginia's defense. Uh, Let's see. I mean, anytime Oklahoma plays, Texas huge game, they get really high and then, you always think, oh, the letdown game. And full disclosure, in our preseason big preseason podcast, we always pick, okay, what's going to be the trap game for Oklahoma? And I selected this one. I selected West Virginia after OU Texas. Austin Kendall coming in, which now it's he's going to start. I was thinking West Virginia would be a little bit better, though. West Virginia, I mean, they're okay. I remember uh, it's crushing you for that,
0: per- for that prediction.
1: You did. You're just all over me. Yeah, you were saying the entire Big 12 would be garbage, and the entire Big 12 is not garbage. The Big 12 has been... It's solid, almost yeah, from top I, to bottom.
0: I, I'm, you know, I suppose I am wrong about. It. I mean, West Virginia is not good, and uh,
1: I, still yeah, think, be, I still don't think I still we'll don't think Texas Tech is really bit. that they, good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think these coaches are pretty solid. These new coaches, but uh, but the reason I brought that up though, the whole trap game thing is you, know, you kind of wonder are they going to have a letdown after this being at home, a huge favorite. Everyone thinks thinks they're going to win. Everyone expects Oklahoma to win and uh you know this is kind of one of those games where it's like it's nice oklahoma has jalen hurts again grant because he says that he's like yeah mentally we'll be fine the whole 24 hour rule is over and that's the rule you know, where you know you win a game you have 24 hours to celebrate but after 24 hours you move on to the next opponent and as we know i mean maybe this <laughs> this is totally in terms of if you're a sports better and for some reason you're going to want to uh, you know lay the wood on Oklahoma with all those points maybe this is why you're happy that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback because he always continues to say not good enough got to get better let's do let's do better things maybe that's perfect going up against a team where you're hoping Oklahoma wins by 34 to 30 you know 34 more points (laughs) yeah I, I, I don't know or maybe it won't have any bearing at all because heck if Oklahoma plays well Jalen Hurts could be out of this game by the third quarter or by the end of the third quarter like he was against Kansas
0: I hope so. That should be that should be the goal in every Big Twelve game. You want to see Rattler in the fourth quarter. That's what I, I do want. I like
1: seeing Rattler. I do like seeing him. Uh the last thing I, I do want to mention when it comes to Jalen Hurts and how much did you care about that whole pregame? Everybody gets a personal foul, like Mike defeat taking charge or whatever, and giving a speech pregame at the it seemed like there is I don't know if it's a lot of fans or media or both that seem like they're really into that story. And like, yeah, I thought it was kind of ridiculous that there was a personal foul call in everybody pregame. That's like, all right, like referees, we're not here to see you guys, even though you're going to make this about you. But when it comes to all the other stuff, it kind of especially because nothing happened in the game and it's like whatever. To me, it's kind of like a who cares story. But I I mean, I guess it was kind of interesting when Jalen Hurts said that (laughs) he wasn't listening to. Mike Defee's little pregame speech at the coin toss, I guess, whenever he was trying to explain whatever he was trying to explain, and hurt said that he had uh, he had other things on his mind during the coin toss. So it's like, does Jalen Hurts just not even pay attention to that? The was referees? hilarious. Never, it's the-
0: yeah, I, <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> I chuckled like, when I heard that. That's pretty funny. He's just like, man, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was good.
1: I'm kind of concerned though. What if he uh, is distracted and. You know, when Oklahoma should be deferring, what if he takes the ball instead? What if it just totally affects a, a game?
0: But that was that was Cree Humphrey's job, though.
1: Oh, okay, good. So
0: he was probably, so Jalen was probably just, but he was just in his own head, just tr- probably trying to prepare
1: himself mentally. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do the rest of this show. Obviously, we're going to talk about West Virginia. We're going to talk about Oklahoma's offense against West Virginia's defense. Then we'll flip it. But also, too, I want to go to the Facebook page because a lot of you guys put in comments questions on the Facebook page of things that either you want to know or some takes that you have about the West Virginia game and I did this because it's a game where Grant and I I'm not sure how much we're going to have on West Virginia I don't have a whole lot I got some decent things or some stuff but you know it might not take a lot of time but we figure throw it to you guys and if there's something that we're missing maybe you know you guys help us out with that so we'll kind of go back and forth with comments and questions from from guys. But first off, let's let's start with what we always do. Yeah, this is gonna be tough for me, Grant. Let's start with West Virginia. Let's see, what what would be better? What should we start with? Let's talk about Oklahoma's offense and West Virginia's defense. How about that? Because I watched the game last week and now that Kendall's gonna start, <laughs> like all the offensive stuff for West Virginia is kind of like out the window except for the first like seven plays when he was in there because Jack Allison played almost the entire game. So I think takeaways from West Virginia's defense will be a little bit easier from that game and the main thing I want to point out about West Virginia's defense is the defensive coordinator from Neil Brown his name is Vic Koning and he's a guy that I've mentioned on this podcast multiple times he was one of those mid-major group of five type defensive coordinators who had some success that I kind of thought, eh, you know, maybe he'd be a candidate for Oklahoma's defensive coordinator job. Well, I mean, it turns out he was certainly never a candidate, um, probably because he just, he's just he been around for a long time, and I'm not even sure if he knew Lincoln Riley, and that was just kind of like one of those things where I looked at stats and thought, hey, he's had some good years with Troy and, you know, whatever, Oklahoma needs somebody. Uh, so I was kind of curious to see how Koning would do in the Big 12 now that he's at West Virginia, and West Virginia's defense has been fine this year. Uh, it, it's been It's been okay. He's kind of got that same almost the same kind of defense that they've had it's like a you know the three three five but it's 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 different though in in enough ways you're gonna see a lot of three down linemen again you're gonna see a lot of three four because it's almost like they kind of have like a a rushed linebacker in a way kind of like Oklahoma does it would seem uh but against Iowa State I mean they allowed 5.1 yards per play and yeah Iowa State's offense isn't you know going to light the world on fire but we all you know we both like Brock Purdy and, uh, you know, he threw a pick six, Purdy did. Tyke Smith had a pick six. So the West Virginia defense scored some points. And, uh, I mean, the problem was West Virginia's offense could not move the football. And Iowa State's offense had the ball for almost two-thirds of the game. So West Virginia's defense was out there for a ton of time, but still held Iowa State to only 143 yards rushing, which was 3.3 average. So Iowa State's uh, – West Virginia's defense last week was actually not that bad – but in the second half, though, they got blown out and got shut out. Grant, uh, your general thoughts on West Virginia's defense? What have you seen?
0: I'm going to push back on you a little bit. So you're right. I mean, they're if you just kind of look at their base numbers, they're really not terrible on defense. Like they're only allowing 5.2 yards a play. It's like that's not good, but it's also it's you know it's not terrible either. It's it's fine. It's okay. It's it's, it's the a, same amount of yards per play Oklahoma's was yeah, allowing. Yeah, I know, and they're and that's it's fine. That's that's what it is. But, Lee, when you move to something else here, uh, I'm going to look at defensive success rate. And West Virginia's defensive success rate, Lee, is only 47%, which is the worst in the Big 12, which means they're largely basically buttering their bread by just not giving up big plays, but they gave up successful plays pretty much half the time. And a 47% defensive success rate, I know just in, in terms of like nationally, is not good. And so what we know generally about OU's offense is that they're explosive against everybody. It doesn't matter if your defense is good at preventing big plays. You're probably you're probably out of luck against Oklahoma. So I look at West Virginia knowing that they give up a successful play half the time. That tells me that they may have literally zero chance in this game.
1: Interesting. And actually, I have some other numbers that back up those numbers that you're putting out there because uh, you mentioned that they don't give up a lot of explosive plays, and that's 100% correct. Uh, I, I like to look at the the uh, you know ten plus yard plays allowed, twenty plus yard. It's just I'm curious, and when it comes to plays ten yards or more allowed by a defense, West Virginia has allowed 88 of them this year, which is 84th in the nation, and only Kansas and Texas are worse in the Big 12 when giving up plays ten yards or more. So I obviously a first down usually so you think oh man this defense must be pretty darn bad like, like what about even bigger plays well the 20 plus yard plays allowed only 18 which you go they improve all the way to number 16 in the nation so a top 20 defense uh, as far as allowing 20 plus yard plays and in the big 12 they're tied with baylor for number one in the big 12 and then 30 plus yard plays they've only given up four plays of 30 yards or more which is tied for first in. All of college football, best in the Big Twelve. No surprise there. So they're not going to be first
0: t- after Saturday.
1: <laughs> I, but to your point, though, yeah, that's interesting because they're not giving up the big, big, big play, but they've given up plenty of you know ten-plus yard plays, which certainly will continue, uh, which will sustain drives, and that kind of leads to you know it, it's it's not a successful play on defense. Therefore, your number of almost you know. Yeah, was it forty-seven percent success rate? So, geez, does that mean that more than half plays against them are are successful? No, it
0: means it means forty-seven percent of the offensive plays that have been run against them have been successful this year. Okay, okay. and that's so that's almost
1: half the plays are are successful. That's wow, very okay.
0: much not good nationally.
1: No. Um,
0: and so yeah, and the difference here though, Lee, is that when you're playing Oklahoma, now you're gonna going to be going get up against NFL guys in the open field. And those ten plus yard gains are, are going to turn into twenty, and the ones they get to twenty are going to turn into thirty, into forty, into fifty. Uh, oh, this is—I don't know—I this not looking great for West Virginia's defense. But that's that's generally the case against everybody against OU.
1: I mean, if you're going to look at total defense, which is a stat that we're not a big fan of, but just to point it out, I mean, they're about middle of the road. Middle of the road, allowing 382 yards a game, 61st in the nation. So. Uh, I mean, they're they're allowing, again, fewer than 400 yards of offense. Uh, bad on third down, though. West Virginia has a bad defense on third down. 96th in the nation. They're allowing 42% third down conversions. Uh, Kansas is worse than them in the Big 12. And surprisingly, Grant, Iowa State is also worse than West Virginia on third down. That Iowa State defense is not good at getting off the field. Huh. So that's... Put that in your back pocket for later in the year and see if that that trend continues. Uh, Havoc-wise, it looks like, I mean, they get a decent amount of sacks. I mean, they're getting back behind there. I mean, they're third in the Big 12 in sacks. Uh, tackles for loss, kind of middle of the road, 37 TFLs this year, fifth in the Big 12. And, uh, I mean, they've, they're have they kind of right there with OU in turnovers. I mean, they've, they've forced one more turnover than Oklahoma. Seven takeaways for West Virginia. Oklahoma, of course, has six right now. And um any other numbers that that you gather that you want to throw out there?
0: No, I'm just going to just kind of mention some of the players. Uh the really the two guys you need to be the most uh concerned with uh are the two stills brothers in the middle of the defensive line, Darius and Dante. Uh they're the two best players on their defense. Um they were able to put a lot of pressure on Texas's offensive line a couple weeks ago when they played. I think each of them had a sack in that game. Um and they, they both have numbers they each uh let's see here they they both have four sacks and they have 15 tackles for loss between the two of them so they're productive guys so the uh the interior of the offensive line better be ready to block these guys
1: a note uh one of their better cornerbacks hakeem bailey was ejected for targeting in the third quarter last the third week, so.
0: leading tackler
1: okay So, yeah, he's not going to be available for the first half against Oklahoma. And I don't know if you saw that play, Grant, but it was about as targeting as you could get. It was like – I mean, it takes a lot for me to kind of like – Targeting AF? (laughs) I mean, I saw it, and I kind of cringed a little bit. I made that one of those faces like, oh. Like it was straight – like his helmet was just straight into the other guy's helmet, just boom, helmet to helmet, and it it did not look good for the wide receiver. So uh, that was – by-the-book targeting, so Hakeem Bailey is out. And also, I, I, I know that – and I apologize for not having really many names, but I, I know they're really young in the secondary. I think they've had a, a other couple injuries. I think one of their other corners is out. I think he's a game-time decision. I'm not sure. Let me see if I can find his name. Injury, here we go. Um, Keith Washington, he's a senior cornerback. He'll be a game-time decision. I believe he did not play last uh, week against Iowa State. It says that if Washington... I'm, I'm reading from an article from uh, Alex Hickey of Metro News in West Virginia, and they've had a lot of good West Virginia stuff I've looked at the past few days. He writes that uh, if the Mountaineers cannot start Washington at corner, that means that they'll be forced to start two true freshman corners against an offense that's averaging better than 50 points per game. So there's are going to be one true, true, one true freshman starting because Bailey's out uh, in the first half, so... That leaves freshman Nick Troy Fortune and Tay Mayo in line to start if uh, that Washington, that senior, can't play. So that's interesting. That could be fun. That could be fun to watch. And kind of one other note on the defense, I noticed Iowa State had a lot of success, Grant, with some mesh concepts, some crossing routes against uh, what was man coverage just over the middle of the field. And so, I mean, Oklahoma uses those whenever they need to, so – if Oklahoma ever gets in a pinch, that seemed to be something that Iowa State had a lot of success with against West Virginia. And so Lincoln Riley builds mesh concepts into his offense all the time. So keep an eye out for that. Those seem like they could be successful against this defense. Definitely a defense where Oklahoma should be able to move the ball uh, you know, pretty well. But hey, I mean, then again, hey, how about this, Grant? What was Texas's defense's success rate? Um, Coming in, do you remember? No, I, I can.
0: I can. Because that look Texas up, defense
1: statistically is not good, and Oklahoma, you know, was not as explosive against Texas as they had been, which is kind of weird. I mean, you see a defense with those kind of stats, and Oklahoma usually just carves it up. Yeah. So I'd be kind of. I mean, you know, but how, remember, how much of that was just that kind of rivalry game, or you know, or what? Yeah,
0: I mean, weird stuff happens. I mean, remember two years ago they got up twenty to nothing, and then they were scoreless for two and a half straight quarters. Mhm. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, that is a lot better Texas defense, though. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's flip it. Let's go Oklahoma's defense against West Virginia's offense. And obviously, Austin Kendall is starting. It seems like with Austin Kendall, I watched a decent amount of that Texas game where he threw four picks. Uh, offense is you know, spread, obviously. They kind of like to go hurry up here and there, get the ball out of his hands. Um, Kennedy McCoy is a solid running back. But... Um, it's an offense that I don't have any numbers on the offense screen. I didn't have a chance to to grab them, so you might have some numbers on it. It it's okay. I mean No, it's bad. The offense is bad. They have the worst offense in the Big Twelve. Oh, really? It's that bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are like across the board in pretty much every well, I mean every statistic that I find relevant. So they're 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 last in yards per play at four point nine. So they're under five yards per play on offense. That's that's pretty terrible. Uh, like we are, like I already said, they're last in the Big 12 in offensive success rate at 39%. And uh, I, if I didn't, if I didn't um, explain success rate, success rate is essentially you get 50% of your yardage on first down, you get 80% of your yardage on second down, and 100% of your yardage on third down. Successful play. Um, what else we, we got here? They are last in the Big 12 in havoc rate allowed. So, they give up lots of tackles for loss, lots of interceptions, lots of passes defended, stuff like that.
1: Um, Ooh, I saw a play against Iowa State that that um, fits right into that category. I noticed that they like to run this counter play where they pull the center and they pull the guard. And the first time West Virginia ran it against Iowa State, it actually worked really well. Uh picked up like 15 yards. And then the second time I saw them run it <laughs> – The uh, Iowa State nose guard by the name of Jamal Johnson just explodes out of his stance and pushes uh, the left guard who uh, who was trying to pull. (laughs) He was trying to pull, but he gets just blown up by Jamal Johnson all the way back, like four yards into the running back for a tackle for loss. And it was just a great play, just a great dominant play. And it just made me think, well, who's playing that position for Oklahoma? (laughs) Neville Gallimore. So. That'll be a tough play for West Virginia to run if they choose to run it on Saturday. Lisa, so while we're uh, while we're kind of on the
0: subject of success rate, or I was talking about it like a minute or so ago, this is where I'm I'm glad we kind of were able to um, we're able to kind of compare and contrast the stats between Oklahoma and West Virginia's defenses and whatnot. Because you said, well, you know, 5.2 yards per play. That's also the same yards per play that Oklahoma is giving up. However, we brought up West Virginia's success rate being terrible on defense. Lee, OU's defensive success rate is kind of elite. 34.9% defensive success rate. That is very good. It was around 47% last year, kind of where West Virginia is now.
1: Oh, interesting. That's a good compare and contrast. Who are the other teams that are on the same Realm is OU with the success rate number. OU's defense is
0: second in the Big Twelve. TCU's is number one at thirty three point nine
1: percent. Okay. All right. I see. I don't have a whole lot on the offense. So, what else do you have on the West Virginia offense and the OU defense, if anything?
0: I mean, really, they they really have struggled all season on offense, um, especially all right, running. So is that a whole ball?
1: lot of reason to, to go that? And so, in depth then, yeah, yeah.
0: And so, like Kennedy McCoy, a guy who has had success against OU in the past, uh, he was the he was the guy they threw in the shotgun or in the wildcat, right? Two years ago, and he had over two hundred yards. Mm, man, I'm I'm not recalling that at all. Okay, well, when, when they were here in Norman and Greer was out. Oh, oh yeah,
1: yeah I'm pretty sure that was, that
0: was him. him. He's got 62 carries for 187 yards this year. That's only three yards a carry. He's got a he's got a few touchdowns um they they have they have a couple decent receivers sam james and tj simmons simmons is kind of more of the explosive guy he's averaging i think close to 15 yards per catch um but sam james is their number one he's got the most catches on the team it seems like kendall looks to him uh the most but you know it's it really is an offense that has struggled this season they they're not particularly efficient they go backwards a lot they turn it over a lot the exact type of offense that you would want uh, an attacking style defense that Alex Grinch has uh, to just suffocate a team and really just kind of take their legs from underneath them.
1: Looking at the Facebook page, Shane has an Austin Kendall question. He says, in the event Austin Kendall plays, do you think Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch bring as much heat on him as they did Sam Ellinger? They didn't really Uh, bring a ton
0: of heat on Ellinger. I mean, they... They, I mean,
1: they dialed up, you know, they dialed some... Every now and then, blitzes, but a lot you know, of the stuff was just organic. Just their front... Yeah, pressure from the front the front four. or the I mean, the front three. Uh, you know, I can't imagine they're going to have a bunch of exotic blitz packages for this game. There's just no reason to bring it out. Uh, I mean, they, they shouldn't need to bring it out. Uh, it makes me kind of wonder, Is you know, how much... I'm, I'm curious to see how much... Uh, you know, I mean, Alex Grinch doesn't know Austin Kendall... So, you know, it's not, I don't think Lincoln Riley's is going to be like, hey, hey, man, make sure you, you really go after this guy hard. I mean, it's gonna, they'll, they'll treat it just like every other game. I would, yeah, I would it's, assume. And
0: I'm yeah, yeah it's, there's not going to be any animosity there. It's just going to be like any other game.
1: Not that I, not, I don't think that's what Shane was saying. But uh, yeah, it's just whatever Oklahoma's defensive front does. I mean, that's going to be the, the heat on on Kendall. And Kendall's not going to recognize this defense at all, Grant. <laughs> it's going to be new to him. <laughs> he's be like, man, where was this? Not that it matters because he didn't play at all when he's at OU <laughs> except for garbage time. But, Ooh. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, I, I backed Austin Kendall for a while, and I think I've been proving that I think I was wrong on that one, too. You think uh, you I mean, were wrong I, on that one? I think. I, you know, I, I don't know. I could have been right. You know, I, I trust Lincoln Riley sometimes. Well, let's see. Any other questions about the West Virginia offense here from Facebook that would kind of pertain to what we're talking about now? Let's see. Tracy, this is just more of an Oklahoma defensive question. He says, now that Oklahoma has unleashed the defense, does Oklahoma continue to see it from here on out? Or, he's, I'm sorry. He says, do we continue to see that kind of defense from here, from here on out? Uh, I mean, I'd hope so. Uh, I hope so. I mean, it's... Yeah. I, I keep trying to tell myself
0: uh when I when I start to get a little cynical in my head that I mean half the season's over already. They've already put it out there for six games. And yeah. Really? They've looked pretty consistent
1: they keep throughout six games.
0: Yeah. I you know, they ju- they keep getting stops, and then against Texas, it seems like they finally put it all together and they were dominant. So I you know, hopefully they just continue to improve. There's no reason why they shouldn't continue to improve.
1: Let's see. Brad on Facebook, he says, hey, possible trap game. Well, if you talk to me uh, in August, I'd say yes, Brad, but uh, I don't think it's as much of a trap game before. But, you know, you're putting in all (laughs) – got to give credit to Brad. He's putting all the different things that I kind of talked about earlier. You know, coming off a big win, big favorite. you got the Rough Rider uniforms, possible backup quarterback. Uh, Brad put this this message in a couple days ago. So I think he's definitely talking about that Iowa State game from a couple of years ago. So, I well done, Brad, on bringing all that stuff up. And, by the way, I did find out, Grant. So, yes, Iowa State in 2017, I'm looking it up right now, Oklahoma was favored by 31. So, West Virginia is an, an even bigger dog than Iowa State was. Well, West
0: Virginia doesn't have David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler.
1: That's true. That's a good point, yeah. Let's see. Just a couple comments. Uh, TJ says that he wants the defense to keep up the intensity and get three to four sacks, a few turnovers and not overlook this team. I'd like more than three or four sacks, TJ. I mean, they got nine last week. Let's go for more over Austin. Even though it might be tough to sack Kendall because they like to get the ball out of his hands pretty quick. That's kind of what I noticed uh, in that Texas game when I was watching it. Did, I mean, I don't know how much, Kendall, you've watched this year, Grant. You may have yeah, watched a he, more than they either. Were, Is that what?
0: It was bang-bang yeah. bang against Texas. And um, I, I, I got to think they're going to try to do the same thing. They They watch film. They know they're not going to be able to protect very long.
1: Allen's got a couple of good posts here. I gotta give him credit as well. first a question, he says, Will the defense be even better against a less talented West Virginia team? Instead of a Red River hangover, will the defense use it as a motivation to get even better? That's a great question because and I brought this up a couple weeks ago. I just I never had that mentality when I was playing. Again, like, you know, little, not Division I college football, but the idea of looking ahead or, you know, not taking a team seriously, because it's always you have your team, your opponent in front of you, and there's so few games, you want to go out there and you want to dominate every single game and have fun. And I mean, I play defense, you want to give up no points. You want to pitch a shutout every single time if you can. So I'd like to hope that the defense, especially without confident they've been all year, they're going into every single game thinking zero points. And I mean, I think that's what Kenneth Murray's thinking. That's one of the guys I'd like to hope that. Everybody on that defense thinks that, you know, Alex Grinch thinks that he wants no points allowed. He wants turnovers every single possession. So I, I do hope the defense uses this as as motivation to get even better. Go in thinking this is West Virginia's offense. Grant, you gave up a bunch of stats about how it's been pretty poor this year. Do not give up a bunch of points or yards to this bad offense. And so, yeah, I, I would hope that the hangover doesn't exist. And it's just another opportunity for this defensive squad to go out there with six games under its belt and improve upon it and play even better. What do you think?
0: Amen. Like I said, I <laughs> mean it's like like I said in my in my opening take, you 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 have to dominate this offense. You just have to. They they've been bad this season. They haven't had really any success when they've gone up against good defenses and they really haven't gone up against any of them. So I mean just this is this is a game where you just tee off on them and uh,
1: I mean just blow these guys out, man. Seriously. Kyle says that his main thing he wants to, you know, he, he's looking forward to this weekend is defense. He wants to see the defense continue the intensity. He says last weekend was awesome. And exclamation points. It really was. I mean, it, it, it was really cool at the time. But yeah, have you, any time this week, have you taken a step back for like a minute or two and kind of thought, man, that was a that was fun watching the Oklahoma defense actually play well again for the first time in a while. That was cool. Oh, yeah. It was great. I, I just I mean, actually getting excited about, I mean, granted, there was like a couple defensive plays last year because we were so surprised to see them make any play that we was like, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. But this was more just like, oh, like we were expecting or hoping for some exciting plays, and we got a bunch of them. All right, that's all the comments I have on Facebook for now. Maybe a, maybe we'll bring this back later if it makes sense in the podcast. We appreciate all of your guys' feedback. Awesome job. Thank you so much. And again, appreciate you uh, waiting on an extra day for this podcast. So, Grant part of the show what do we want to see happen Saturday what will happen on Saturday and I'll go first I want the defense to I feel like asking for a shutout is it's kind of ridiculous I mean it's a big 12 in 2019 even that's not good you're teams. not
0: shutting out anybody in the big 12 I mean
1: Oklahoma couldn't even shut out South Dakota who by the way South Dakota grants one three straight the coyotes are three and three watch out coyote football <laughs> fever catch it watch it <laughs> Uh, let's see, I, Oklahoma. I mean, the twenty-point mark is a is kind of an interesting mark because it uh, before the Texas game, Oklahoma had allowed twenty or fewer points, you know, in every single game this year, which that that hadn't happened. Oh no, I'm sorry, because uh, obviously Houston scored more than twenty uh, in four straight. It was a yeah four straight teams scored twenty or less points for the first time. I think oh, was it oh six? I think it was 2006. Yeah, it was the year where they played Oregon, and that game was a debacle. So I mean. Twenty or fewer points for his Oklahoma defense—that's been so bad. That'd be great. I'd like so you know I'll put the bar based on this West Virginia offense being kind of bad. I'll set the bar kind of low, but not too low. I'm going to say I want to see Oklahoma allow 17 or fewer points. I want to see some turnovers. Turn this team over. I'd like to see at least two turnovers, which is what Alex Grinch wants to see at least every single game. He wants to see at least two. Continue with the tackles for loss. I think sacks will be tough to come by again because Kendall uh, gets the ball out quick. But then again, maybe it'll be one of those situations where Austin Kendall is trying to do too much and tries to hold on to the ball a little bit too long, and Oklahoma can get some sacks. So uh, you know the same thing we always want to see. Um, I guess to make this a little more individual, I want to see the safeties continue. They're solid and, and smart. Good play. I mean, that's back to back solid games for Turner Yell and Pat Fields. So I want to see the safety play continue to be really good. How about Brennan Radley Hiles throwing another good game back to back after playing really well against Texas? Um, individually, that's I mean, I kind of the the Homer fan boy, like a rational guy me kinda wants to say, Grant, I want to see Trajan Bridges play defense again and bring that back just because I for some reason kind of want to see that again, but it's two weeks in a row where that hasn't been a thing that's so. not happening that's done <laughs> it's probably done but uh so uh, yeah defensively that's kind of what i want to see offensively obviously i want to see hopefully hurts is fine nothing to, no problems with his hands and the offensive line continued to play really well grant rushing this year compared to last year oklahoma has like the stats this year is like Night and day compared to last year. in a good way. <laughs> like the Joe Moore award winning offensive line uh was not producing as many rush yards as this offensive line has this year. Granted, the competition might be a little bit better last year than it was this year at this time.
0: They're more athletic. So- They're more athletic at the guard positions this season. And I think it's mm-hmm. like been it's it's been a big deal, I think. Um
1: Yeah. And so I want to see the offensive line, I want to see the running game pop yet again, run the ball down this this team's throat. And score a lot of points. Let's score a lot more than, uh, what was it, last week against against Texas. Was it 34 they scored? Yeah, put up at least 50 on West Virginia. That's what I want to see happen. What about you?
0: Well, you took a lot of mine, but I'll just read from my oh, list. Sorry. So, no, it's cool. So, yeah, I, I want to continue to see that attacking defense. I want another 15 tackles for loss uh, against this overmatched West Virginia offense. Um, like you said earlier, I want to see the safeties build on their really good. They they put they put two really good games back to back together. Um, maybe I mean even three good games back to back. I would like to see them continue to build on that. Uh, the tackling was sensational last week against Texas. I would like to see that continue. Uh, tackling is a mindset, and that is something that they can build on and improve and continue what they built at uh, against Texas as well. Um, take the ball away. Six turnovers so far is, is not cool. Uh, let's get more of those. And, like, I mean, where will this defense go if they start turning the other teams over? It's going to get insane. Um, like, to you, Julie, my, my bar is 20 points. I'm fine with withholding them under 20 points. Although I did waffle back and forth whether I should say 17 or 20 as well. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I want to huh. see, see a healthy offensive line. I want to see the same starting five. Um, I'd like to see Jalen Hurts bounce back from last week. No turnovers. Uh, he has turned it over in two consecutive games. Let's make sure. Let's let's have a clean sheet this week. Um, I'd like to see Trey Sermon get some carries. We will see him get carries. I bet. I bet he gets a carry the very first play of the game. I'm calling it. Um, hell. I'd like to see a lot of people get carries in this game. Um, and also to to put a cherry on top, feed Ceedee Lamb. Let's get him the Big 12 Player of the Year. Uh, Like he
1: deserves because he is the best player in the Big Twelve. How about this? I'll add one more too. You mentioned Jalen Hurts kind of bounce back game on the Facebook page. Tim mentions that he wants to see you know he, he wants to hear about the defense, the run game, things like that. But he also mentions Jalen Hurts staying in the pocket and going through his progressions more, and that's something that Hurts is still working through. And it just it didn't necessarily happen. Whenever the the windows got tighter against Texas, he. He wasn't pulling the trigger, and unfortunately I wasn't able to go back and kind of watch that closely as to see if, if there were throws that he left on the field that he just didn't see or they didn't pull the trigger. But I would guess there probably were, just, just guessing, knowing how Lincoln Riley can, can scheme up some plays and scheme open some guys. So, uh, yeah, that's one more, too, I think, to add to it. Let's see if, if Hurts can, can go through his progressions more and throw the ball a little bit better. Hopefully his hand's fine. All right, Grant, uh... What's going to happen on Saturday when Oklahoma plays West Virginia? I'm scrambling to try to find an updated line to see if it's moved at all since uh, the Austin Kendall news came out that he's starting. I don't know how much effect Kendall has on the line. It would only be a point or two, I would guess. I'm looking at ESPN right now, and it's the same as what I saw before. Oklahoma is a 33-and-a-half point favorite over West Virginia. What's going to happen on Saturday?
0: Kind of starting to feel like OU might, uh, might roll pretty easily in this one, Lee. Um, I think they're going to score early and often I think West Virginia is probably going to bust off some chunk plays but I think OU is going to get them down behind the line of scrimmage a lot uh, those success rate numbers I think are going to be very indicative of how this game plays out when Oklahoma's defense is out on the field
1: uh, I think OU is going to win 52-13 to Lee 52-13, alright so trying to do the math here The line is 33 and a half, yet the over-under is kind of low for a Big 12 game that's that that high of a point total. It's only 63. So if my bar is for Oklahoma to to allow 17 or fewer, and if you go by the over-under, that's kind of like the general prediction of where the game's going to go. Even if Oklahoma holds West Virginia to, let's say, 17, it's not a lock if the over-under is kind of right around correct that they're going to be able to cover that spread because – Maybe they're going to win by 30 or 31. Be kind of right there. So, man, this is this is tough. I I'll say Oklahoma gives up 14. A couple of touchdowns to West Virginia. I don't know when they're going to happen. Oklahoma has done so well this year at starting fast and not giving up points early. They gave up one touchdown so far this year in the first quarter. That was a Kansas. That's it. That's really good. So if Oklahoma can start fast and go, I, I'm just concerned about backups coming in and not being able to get enough margin late spe- like, you know, with the offense, maybe if Tanner Mordecai plays a couple series and maybe he's not feeling it. So I'm going to say Oklahoma wins this game but does not cover the spread, actually. I'd say, let's see, I'm going to do some quick math here. Bear with me. 63. I'm going to go with uh, Oklahoma victory. 52 what did you say 52 13 yeah is that cover is that math right 42 yes that's that's that would be a 39 point win oh man yeah but i think oklahoma's gonna score 50 oh man maybe they will
0: hey you know it's you're allowed to pick the over in a game that happens sometimes you know
1: you're right you're exactly right (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm gonna say oklahoma wins Fifty-five to fourteen, and yes, I I do know that does that does cover. So, uh, forget about the last like three minutes what I said. I, I, at the same time, though, this might be a pass. This might be a, it's too many points. That's a lot of points.
0: I would yeah, this is de- this is a definite pass for me.
1: But uh, you know, for the purpose of this podcast, we like to make bold predictions. So we are both saying they cover, but uh, if for betting purposes, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say lean Oklahoma because. I just don't think I could. I could be comfortable even with all those points with with the offense, especially if Oklahoma's defense is playing a little, little better. So, all right, guys. Uh, next up, Grant. We have gone a little longer than probably we thought we would. So, you're you're to talk to you want to you want to talk about uh, maybe Mayfield or Murray, but I I really don't think I don't know if we have time unless nah, we watch. Right. Should we just nah, skip we the picks? I mean, I, we, our picks aren't very good right now. We're we're if people are betting our picks, we're we're starting to lose money.
0: Honestly, I'm kind of I. Let's. We can save Murray and and Mayfield for another time. I mean, there's there's going to be plenty of plenty of ammo for those guys. So, I'm just. Uh, I'm I'm
1: kind of hoping. I'm I'm holding out for for Mayfield to hopefully turn things around.
0: <laughs> he's not. He's not going to. It's just that doesn't that doesn't happen. He's having a really bad season.
1: What do you?
0: He might. I mean, he we'll might. Table it. He might. We'll in, table it for now. He might later on in his career or in later seasons. But he's not. He's not going to be able to put it all back together this year. I just. I don't think that's possible.
1: They've only played six games. It's a long, long season, and the schedule does start to soften up. And uh, think like maybe two or three games. We'll see what that means. They've. But that team is uh, That team is uh, that team probably should have at least that team probably should have four wins right now. But uh, let's see who the. Yeah, I mean the two the two games they've won have been no doubters i mean the jets were terrible and, and they blew out the ravens so it's not like you could take away any of their current wins but they've definitely left a couple wins on the table but uh i, I know freddie kitchens gets a lot of stuff and i know we're, I, we weren't going to talk about it but quickly I, i'll let you respond to i'm kind of tired though of of all the freddie kitchens is a moron and like they should fire this guy he's the worst coach ever because need i remind everyone in two seasons hugh jackson won one game one game don't forget about Hugh Jackson so quickly. He was 1 in 31 the prior 2 years. Yeah, I mean, but this so, this team was like was
0: favored to win the NFC North though. This isn't like this team had expectations. Um yeah, I think Freddie Kitchens absolutely deserves to have the microscope or to be under the microscope right now. Like he's 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 done a really poor job up to this
1: point. Yeah, I'm not going to defend Freddie Kitchens, but I I, well i will slightly and I, th- I think he's getting a little, little little more heat than he probably should because i mean everyone said there's a learning curve and you know he's getting he's getting buried and he's still learning on the job my the way the thing i'll I'll rip him for is he's gotta he's gotta change his uh his daily his his game day attire whenever he keeps losing games and his, his sweatshirt says dog pound it it's not a good look maybe just like put a like a like a long sleeve like pullover on or something man that's like kind of just got the browns logo just help yourself out a little bit that's my that's my one uh my critique on freddie kitchens right now and meanwhile
0: <laughs> kyler <laughs> looks kind of awesome he looks really good uh,
1: yeah no yeah he's he's playing well he's fun to watch he, has, he also has played two really bad teams the last two weeks but you know what? Yeah, he did uh, yeah exactly he needed to did, yeah he but was hey, but they won nfc offensive player of the week oh nice nice uh, some interesting games this week grant big 12 uh, Iowa State at Tech TCU at K State nah. I mean Baylor Oklahoma State probably the 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 yeah definitely the bigger one of of outside well not that Oklahoma's games that big they're playing a, a team they're favored by almost five touchdowns against but definitely the biggest game of Big 12 is Baylor I wish you we're gonna pick that later but uh of all the big 12 matchups or all the teams anything that you'd like to to throw out there you want to talk about I mean, no, not that's really. Podcast. I, this is going to be right now because as I uh, continue, as I kind of wind down here, I got to get back to work.
0: I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm, I'm kind of curious what how Iowa State looks on the road at Texas Tech. Yeah, um, yeah, you know. But other than that, I, I TCU, Kansas State, maybe borderline unwatchable. That's Dude. that's. I mean, just a lot of defense in that game, and you know, Baylor Oklahoma State is an interesting game.
1: Yeah, and we'll save that for a second. So let's go to the picks and. Again, I mentioned a moment ago that we're now starting to lose you money if you're betting our picks last week, Grant, you were one and four. ouch. I've been starting three. I've been starting to
0: profit off of uh off of shorting my picks and our other thing in this <laughs> yeah, seriously in our other like, contest.
1: I- so you're switching you're you're switching on your picks later in the week,
0: yeah, I have been so like don't it's it's been, because it's been it's been been kind of a weird like last few weeks, and i this is really the first time I see these lines. I haven't been able to do as much research
1: and stuff so. I've listened to a couple, couple betting podcasts this week, and I, you know, I watched a you know, decent amount of games last week. And uh, you know, college football has been tough for me. But last week was, I think, overall, I think I was like six and four, so not terrible. Uh, and do you, do you remember where you were in the contest we play overall? I was seven and three in college. So seven, no, not, bad. not that any of that matters to you all listening because we didn't give you those picks here on the podcast. because We do that stuff later. So I'll just move right on. So here are the games. Some good games this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, some decent games this week. We'll start with uh, 11 a.m. kick, Grant. This is kind of an interesting game. We got Florida, obviously coming off a loss to LSU. Florida, a six-point road favorite at South Carolina, who's coming off obviously the biggest upset of the college football season, knocking off Georgia. South Carolina's quarterback, what's his name, Helsinki, or, or is that just a, a place in Sweden? It's it's Helsinki, Helsinki. So it's
0: like, yeah, it's 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 like Helsinki, except just replace the E with an I. He's going to play from. Oh, he is.
1: Yeah, he's on track to play last I looked.
0: Okay, so that that does, I guess, make things interesting. So maybe that's why this line is is so low, because I was I was mostly thinking about just pounding Florida on this one. But I I presume that it would be their third string quarterback who was just completely punchless against Georgia.
1: Well, as I talk, maybe you can do a quick double check of that, but I'm pretty sure I read something where he's on track to play. And so this is the question here in this game. How much of an overreaction, if any, will there be for each team? Because let's say Florida let's say Florida punches it in at the you know in the goal line and, and only loses by a touchdown to LSU and covers that spread. Still lose the game, but only lose by a touchdown. Uh, and let's say South Carolina, you know, you know, a chip, makes that field goal, they tie it, and then South Carolina loses to Georgia. You know, what's this line now? Is this line Florida this line's definitely Florida double digits, I think. And so Helsinki
0: is playing.
1: Okay. He had a knee
0: sprain last week. That just seems kinda I mean, we'll definitely be a hobbled Helsinki. If you guys are into alliterations.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking about something else and I almost missed that. So well done. Uh yeah, I mean this is a tough one for me because I kind of want to go with South Carolina, You know that momentum coming back home after a huge upset like that. And also this was pointed out too that I hadn't thought of yet. You got the Will Muschamp factor, Grant. How much is he going to want to beat Florida? Get back at them for just, I don't know. Didn't he, did not he get fired from Florida? I think he got fired. Yeah, I think so. Which is like, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think that's, that's a storyline as well. But at the same time, you can think Florida. I think Florida's offense with Kyle Trask has been better. I don't think South Carolina really has has been that good of a football team. And I think there's their chances of winning based on like SNP. I know you like to look at I heard somewhere that their like odds of winning that game or their percentage was very low. Um, the way the game played out or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, they had
0: an 8% win expectancy. Okay.
1: okay. that's the however that plays out. So, I think I'm going to lean man, I almost feel like I should like uh, I Actually, kind of. Oh man, I actually kind of like Florida minus six. Now nah, I think more about it. Because wow, you just
0: you just took that entire time explaining why you were going to take South Carolina, only to take Florida.
1: Oh no, no, I was trying to explain both sides. I was trying to explain both sides. I think we're getting some value on Florida here because I think Florida played a really good LSU team, and the defense kind of got a wake up call. South Carolina, South Carolina's offense is not going to be anywhere near as good as LSU's offense, and you know who knows? Maybe the quarterback is a little bit hobbled, even though he's playing. So I kind of like Florida minus the six here, Grant. What are you thinking? I lean Florida, but
0: yeah, it's it's kind of along those same lines. I I was actually pretty impressed um, with uh, with Kyle Trask against LSU last week. I think he's good. Like I mean, you were you nailed that. He he is better than Felipe Franks. Um, Thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah,
1: it's not difficult to be better than that guy though. Sorry, Felipe Franks. You just were not a very good player. get well soon
0: yeah and I like I I just I I think it's it's pretty likely that Florida's defense will kind of regain their footing again um yeah I just I this this line's kind of weird though which which makes me which makes me only a lean and not a like
1: okay this next game uh I'm sorry I was gonna say Florida again next game Oregon at Washington Oregon is a three-point road favorite and I think this is a uh, – I, I, I should probably get the number out. Let me find it. As far as the – do you know the total in this game, Grant?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I just, yeah,
0: I just have it at the, off the top of my head.
1: <laughs> I was trying to uh, buy time to look it up. So the total in this game is 49. I think this is the – I like the under so hard in this game. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I mean, Oregon's got a great defense uh Washington's got a pretty solid defense going up you know, playing at home as a three-point dog. Oregon's offense is actually not that great. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh so I I really like the under in this game, under 49. As far as the side goes, I guess Oregon has dominated this for the last like 13 years, but I think recently though, maybe Washington has gotten them a couple times you know that off the top of your head? <laughs>
0: well, Probably yeah, not. yeah. I mean, Oregon, Oregon dominated Washington. Washington was terrible until Chris Peterson got there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you That's know, Chip true. Kelly and and Helfrich had the, had the run for a while.
1: And you know, Oregon's got a little extra time to prepare for this game, too, because they played on a Friday when they just blew out uh, Colorado. So, you know, they're on the road. So, I, you know, I don't know how much that factors in, if, if at all. You know, Washington at home was a home dog. That's enticing, man. I... I feel like I've been on the wrong side of Oregon every single time I play them this season. So I, part of me wants to go and wants to go with I feel like Washington's Washington has been good to me ever since they lost to Cal. I feel like I've been on the right side of Washington ever, ever since that. I was definitely on Washington in that weird game where the weather affected it. So I, this is a tough one for me. I, right now, I think I'm going to lean Washington because I've heard a lot of smart people make good cases for Oregon. Even though they're on the road, laying the three, but uh, I, you know, Washington as a as a good solid team as a home dog. I the, my main concern though is is Washington scoring points. I don't know if they're gonna be able to score the many points against that really good Oregon defense. But I'm gonna lean Washington in what I think is gonna be a low scoring game plus the three.
0: I lean Oregon. Uh, they have the number one S defense. Defense travels. I'll take the best defensive team in the in the country. So says S right now.
1: Okay. Easy handicap for you. All right, so the best game in the Big 12 is Baylor at Oklahoma State. Even though Baylor's ranked and unbeaten, Oklahoma State is laying three in the hook, minus three and a half for Oklahoma State. And, Grant, a lot of people are on the Cowboys in this game. But that hook scares me to death, man. Uh, You know, Oklahoma State off a bye. I know Baylor has lost their best defensive player. Was it Clay Johnston? He is not their best.
0: He is not their best defensive player
1: oh he's not that okay, is so definitely
0: I, james lynch who is going to be the very likely the big 12 defensive player of the year
1: i've heard some some baylor people though say that that johnson's maybe that's like one of those things where he's a veteran player or something and he's just kind of assumed to be but uh they've lost him for the year and, and he's a linebacker james lynch's I, james
0: lynch's numbers are like are, are like identical to chase young's numbers at ohio state hmm.
1: i think baylor's also lost a tackle or two on the offensive line yeah i think, I think their left their left tackle is out i believe so there's a there's just some injuries on baylor uh i mean they probably should have lost last week to uh to texas tech so I, I, oklahoma state
0: is the is the correct bet here this is like i yeah there, there's a I, I understand that there's a lot of people hammering oklahoma state on this one but it's it's correct baylor is injured they're they're going on the road in a, in a difficult environment probably the most difficult environment they've had to deal with so far um and I mean unless you want to talk about K-State I suppose uh but going up against uh I mean really for the first time a, a, a super dynamic quarterback well Purdy I guess I don't know oh my god am I talking myself into Baylor no I'm not <laughs> I'm not no no <laughs> That's I, funny. I like Oklahoma State
1: yeah and oklahoma state i mean you throw all the different factors out there they're coming off a bye. they're coming off a loss too at tech a bad loss where they were super mad uh spencer sanders you think he's gonna bounce back granted baylor's got a good defense apparently they, they create a lot of havoc but we'll see again they haven't faced an offense like this yet and oklahoma state i think you know maybe it seems like at least one game a year though at home oklahoma state lays an egg but I, is it gonna be this game i i don't know uh that hook kind of again. That hook kind of scares me, but it's just a half a point, and you know Oklahoma State probably should win this game by at least a touchdown. So yeah, I'm I'll go with Oklahoma State as well. So we're both on the Cowboys here. Arizona State at Utah, 17th ranked Arizona State at number 13 Utah, and here in the document I have it's got I have uh, Utah at a 14 point home favorite. I think that's probably changed. I was looking it up yesterday, and it's now down to 13 and a half. So. Uh, what the grant honestly whether it's 14 or 30 this line is so fishy to me I mean this is a lot of points for for Arizona State who's been a pretty good team this year and has as you pointed out a while back who's had a pretty decent defense so it makes me like wonder like this to me looks like an easy Arizona State plus the points but it makes me wonder why is it so high am i missing something here yeah I'm, uh,
0: I'm glad you brought that up because yeah my my first reaction to that was like i mean this is kind of an obvious cause, arizona state cause utah
1: because utah's offense isn't very good no it's not like it's not explosive much Mm-mm. and i think arizona state's got a pretty pretty decent defense i, I mean it's there definitely has been some money going on in arizona state because it's gone down from 14 to 13 and a half, but. That's a fishy line man I don't know why it's so big it, it seems like it's again it should be easy Arizona State and so I I'm just gonna lean Arizona State because I don't know why it's so high and, and if you don't understand what we mean by that you're like oh well if you don't want, don't know why it's so high it's you think you're getting value just big bet on Arizona State if you don't know why a line is so big you have to question things you get things that you don't know and yeah you know, I'm not an expert on Arizona State or Utah and so I, I think this line should be – I mean, I would, I would not have been surprised to see this line under double digits, to be honest with you. I,
0: yeah, I, if, if you would have just, like, blind asked me, I probably would have said, like, 6.5 or
1: 7.5. Yeah, I would probably say like, 7. And I, I, honestly, I think 7 would have been too big. Like, Because like, I just I don't think Utah's very good. So, I, I mean, but I guess they still have a lot to play for us, and they still have only that one loss. So, anyways, I'm just going to lean Arizona State because I have no idea why this line's so big.
0: I also lean Arizona State.
1: All right, lastly, Grant, we got Penn State hosting Michigan. Penn State's a nine-point favorite at home at night. Uh, The old Happy Valley whiteouts coming. And, um, you know, Michigan's trying to get back on the horse. Uh, Penn State with a nice road win over Iowa last week, Uh, you know, barely kind of got it, barely covered, but they still won. Penn State's, again, got a really good defense this year. It seems like the defense always kind of carries this team. The offense is kind of, eh, not not great, actually. I mean, they play, they play defenses with a pulse like Iowa, and they could barely score. Uh, you know, that game against Maryland was so crazy or weird or whatever. They put, what they put, like, 70 on them or 60? Yeah, Penn
0: State has basically put all of their offensive numbers into two games this year, their first one and the game against Maryland. Other than that, <laughs> they've been below average
1: on offense. So, yeah, I mean, it's, But it's it's really difficult for me to – to take Michigan ever I mean we hate Michigan on the at least I do I mean do you hate Michigan I think you do I
0: don't hate them I just they're they're annoying they're nowhere near as as good of a program as as
1: history thinks they are but yeah I don't I don't love this Penn State offense against I mean Michigan's defense isn't as good as it has been but I don't think it's a bad defense and uh I think was it last year Michigan just blew the doors off of Penn State so, there's a little bit of a revenge factor Yeah, they've here. been
0: both these teams have been taking turns blowing each other out the last like five years. Okay.
1: So, yeah, I'm gonna since I'm not that confident in the Penn State offense, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna lean Penn State right now. But uh, uh, it's it take a lot for me to take Michigan in this scenario. What about you?
0: I lean Michigan, actually. Um, this is one I feel pretty strongly about. I don't think I'm so maybe I do like Michigan, actually. Um, it's because Penn State's offense is not particularly good. Michigan has continued to play good defense this season, pretty much only outside of the first half against Wisconsin. I, nine points yeah, is but, a lot. I mean, Wisconsin, I, this, well, Wisconsin's points,
1: offense is like the opposite of dynamic, and they, were, they got pushed around by Wisconsin. I know, but,
0: I mean, nine points is a lot to give a team that I don't think is good on offense. Going up against a defense, that is... That is still good. And, you know, Penn State is, is really good on defense as well. Uh, that is by far the strength of their team. So, mm-hmm. no, I just – I eventually these teams aren't going to blow each other out. There's going to be a, a competitive game eventually. I I don't know. This, this to me, I, I don't like to bet with emotion, but this one just kind of feels like Michigan to me.
1: Okay. All right, we've got a lot longer, honestly, for this pod than I thought we would. But, you know what, we – had you guys wait an extra day for it, so hopefully you enjoyed uh, the OU West Virginia midweek podcast. Let's see, Grant. 11 a.m. kick. I will be there this week. The weather is supposed to be beautiful. Hopefully it continues to stay beautiful uh, here in October in Oklahoma. Grant, you're planning on, I assume, plopping down on the couch Saturday and uh, taking it all in? Oh, you know where I'll be. (laughs) All right. uh, That does it for us. We'll be back either Sunday or Monday, depending on when I get the podcast posted. Uh, with our full OU West Virginia breakdown. Until then, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest.